The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And I've got one of the AEW wingmen here today. Ryan Nemeth makes his talk as Jericho debut. And he's talking all about his faction with pretty Peter Avalon, J.D. Drake, and Cesar Baloney, how it came together and their instant chemistry. Ryan's also talking about his time in OVW and FCW and what he learned from both Rip Rogers and Dusty Rhodes. He explains why he thinks he never got called up to the WWE main roster and why he was sort of surprised when WWE released him. He's got stories about wrestling with his brother Dolph Ziggler and the comedy show they do together. You'll hear how both they got started in comedy and how Ryan's style differs from his brother. And of course, we're talking about Ryan's award-winning short film, Heal. It's won all kinds of awards in the festival circuit. He wrote and produced it. Maggie Levin directed it, and you'll find out why he hired her. He also shares what inspired him to do his own fictional take on the very serious speaking out movement that happened in wrestling over the last year. Ryan Nemeth coming up. So is Fozzie Save the World Tour. After an amazing week last week, we sold out Iowa City and had two great shows at Rockfest in Cadott, Wisconsin, and the Jacksonville Taco Fest, both of them in front of thousands and thousands of people. It was a great way to get back. Uh, into the swing of things. We continue August 7th in Sheboygan at Brat Days, and then the Save the World Tour starts in earnest. Columbus at the Newport Music Hall on September 2nd. All the dates are on FozzyRock.com, including Joliet, Belvedere, Kansasville, Wisconsin, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I want to let you know that Pittsburgh, Flint, Michigan, Johnson City, Tennessee, and Cleveland are all already sold out, so do not be left behind. Get your tickets now at FozzyRock.com. We're going out with Through Fire, Royal Bliss, Black Satellite, Zero Theorem will be there for some of the dates. It's going to be a great time. And don't forget about the Fozzy VIP experience, the best VIP your money can buy. Uh, we do uh, a uh, mini set, a mini concert for you guys, five songs. Some you'll hear later on, some you won't cover songs obscure fuzzy songs etc etc we meet you and we greet you we take a picture together it is a whole lot of fun we're doing that in europe as well in the uk and in ireland we start there november 30th in manchester england newcastle glasgow dublin belfast london etc 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 so uh, nottingham is about to sell out so get your tickets for that if you're waiting at fuzzyrock.com go check it out we'll see you all in the U.S. in September and October, and in the U.K. and Ireland in December. And we'll see Ryan Nemeth right now, right here on Talk is Jericho. All right, so um, here with Ryan Nemeth, which is lots to talk about. But uh, first and foremost, you're in AEW now, and uh, you were at the big Fan Fest today. Fan Fest, that's right. First of all, just the fact that we actually have a Fan Fest, which is amazing because we're now back to doing fairly big crowds how was it just being around people and being around fans and that sort of a thing because this is your first real you know uh i mean we've had the smaller crowds but to be in front yeah. of the actual crowd for the first time in AEW. yeah uh last night i guess when uh we, we were doing some of the elevation matches it's the first time i went out in front of a crowd at AEW, and i'm very vocal yeah. i like scream a lot and getting you know getting stared at a little kid and give him a hard time and all that and I was screaming so much, and it was so hot in there, and all the people were, you know, there's excitement, heat, sweating, the the hunk jacket, which is very much a Jericho jacket, <laughs> and uh, I I felt like I was going to, I'm like, am I going to pass out right now? I'm not even wrestling. I'm just, like, managing right now, so it was 
so awesome that I almost fainted, which is pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, today we got to wrestle in front of, I don't know how many people were there. I think it was over a thousand. It was awesome. Yeah. It was great. It felt uh, like I was supposed to feel, and it was an amazing, uh, of course, with the, the Billy Gunn family, mm-hmm. Billy, Billy and Colton. Uh, the, my favorite probably singles indie match I ever had was with Billy Gunn. So oh, really? it was sort of, he was like, hey, just remember that one. We'd, we'd mess <laughs> with the crowd a little bit and have fun. And I just thought, like, thank God, yes. All well, right. it makes such a big difference. I was talking to Luther earlier, and it's like we were so kind of conditioned to having no people or small people. or They were all scattered around. And you kind of forget that the crowd makes makes everything. Like there's certain acts that you watch on screen and be like, okay, you see it in front of a crowd and just like, ah. yeah. and that's been the missing element. There's so many talents and acts and factions and groups here mm-hmm. that haven't had that yet. We don't even know the extent of how over some of the guys and girls are going to get. Yeah, and if uh, if this is a company that you know like acknowledges the crowd and what they do, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the past year, who knows? Like, yeah, maybe someone you think would be right. a huge hit isn't, and someone who you don't upon first glance think so that maybe the crowd is just going to connect with them like crazy and it's pretty exciting yeah well that's what i was saying too like if you watch hogan and rock from wrestlemania mm-hmm. whatever it was with the sound on it's one of the best matches you'll yeah. ever see you watch it with the sound off it's one of the worst matches you'll ever <laughs> see it's like and it made such a difference so i was just excited to hear from a lot of people even watching last night just the looks on people's faces when they came out in front of a crowd that actually surrounded us, which was a big thing too. You notice yeah. that with the people in the bleachers. We haven't been surrounded and by that people left side. It's pretty cool. Since. Yeah. So it's just good to, to see that. I'm glad you're getting a chance to experience that. After we had our match, I was like kind of just so fired up. I was kind of pacing around, and Trent came up to me and said, "Hey, did you get hurt or something?" <laughs> I said, "No, why?" And he said, "You you you can tell me. Did you get a concussion?" I said, "No." And he said, "Why are you acting so weird?" And I was like, "I'm excited, dude. This is awesome." <laughs> It's the best. So it's it's interesting though in, in the pandemic when lots of people didn't have work or lost jobs, you actually gained a job in AEW, which is interesting because we'll talk yeah. about how you you know your your earlier days in XT and stuff. But I, I knew you're into comedy, but mm-hmm. being in wrestling, I didn't know how all in you were. And then you show up here, and now you got a gig. It's great. What a very, from my point of view, unexpected turn of events. Just massively unexpected. Possibly the most unexpected thing that's ever happened in my so life. So tell us what happened. Well, uh, Brody Lee was a great friend of mine. Back okay. in, met him in FCW and NXT, and uh, he he guested on a couple of our comedy shows too. He went and did the Detroit Improv Fest with us, and he would you know pop in when we did like shows at Mania and wherever. And uh, kept in touch with him and Amanda. I sometimes used to help babysit the Junior. He has no memory of this happening, you know. But uh, Trent and Luchasaurus both have been telling me, hey, they're, they're doing a birthday party for him, so you should fly in. Amanda would like that, like, surprise her. And you, birthday for Brody Jr. For Brody Jr., yeah. I said, uh, I said, oh, it's kind of weird to just show up at a wrestling company you don't work for. And they said, don't worry, it's fine. And also, just bring your gear. They have, they have a lot of extras around. Who knows, maybe they'll get a match or something. And I said, I kind of, like, going back and forth, felt very strange. I didn't want to, you know, that there's, like, a cringy feeling about that, like, Hi guys, I just happen to be a wrestler. I know you're. Come say hi. Yeah. yeah. So I said, "All right, I'll." Uh, oh, I hope this kid remembers me. I don't know if he even would at this point. It's been five years since I seen him, and I uh, came in for the birthday. Uh, said hi to her. It was very cool. It felt like a really nice reunion. I say this all the time to, to people who've been here since day one, but it's like such a different atmosphere that just probably everybody says that all no, the time. But in what way though? We always like hearing well, that. Okay. Uh, after like an hour, maybe before we got to the building, just like flying in and hanging out at the hotel and stuff, I felt like, oh, this is like what I loved about FCW. Cool dudes and girl, like the cool people. It seems like all the, sort of like none of the people you don't want to be around. Yeah, everyone gets along and it's cool, right? Yeah, it's cool. It's people who are here because they love wrestling and love entertaining people, not someone who is like, well, I was, you know, kind of good at football and they said I should come here. Okay, here I am. Like, and sometimes that turns out to be a good dude, you know, but so, uh, yeah, I saw her as kind of a cool reunion and fun. And then they said, Hey, do you want to be in a match? And I said, I have my gear, of course, <laughs> you know, sure. Cause you it's always, always in the trunk. Yeah. It's always in there. You can't go to a wrestling show without having it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, t- 
to inexplicably have a debut match on Dynamite against Adam Page is <laughs> pretty wild. Dude. Was that the first match I was on Dynamite? We did uh, a six-man dark, and then Tony, as we were going back through the tunnel, he came halfway through the tunnel and said, we're not going to air this. I want you to uh, figure something else out. And I was like, all right. And then the next morning, I sort of thought, I interpreted that as, oh, I really blew it. I must have sucked. And, you know, right. something went wrong. And the next morning, uh, Jess Palumbo, like, was on, like, you know, talking on the phone, but, like, looking at you. Yeah. She goes, hey, it's you and uh, Hangman tonight. And, I, and she walked off, and I was like, what? Why? I mean, great, but I, okay, cool. And so... What was it that Tony saw in that one match? <laughs> I don't know, man, but I'm happy about it. He took a liking to you right away, because really, it was the same yeah. thing. Like, you said that after not really being... I hadn't heard your name in a while, and now yeah. you're on Dynamite, you know? And that whole year of... Uh, the pandemic i was doing like stunt coordinating wrestling uh on tv shows and music videos and movies so not like in, in shows i was a little apprehensive about doing indie indie bookings during all that i just didn't know what mm. it was all so mysterious that i thought like unless this is with a major company i'm gonna like hold back on the shows but luckily in la for some reason that year everybody wanted to do wrestling stuff and i was just available to do that so it was cool like snapchat did a wrestling like app video game oh, okay. thing I and then a ap bio the, the nbc show did a wrestling episode and they, they brought me in and said can you help us with like dialogue finding a ring finding wrestlers planning out the matches and i was like oh yeah i could do all that in other words can you do everything can you do every single thing yeah and it was pretty cool uh what else some music videos and then just finishing up the the movie heel we did right right so it was cool i was in a ring a lot but not having like matches matches mm. like kind of like segments of matches oh man i don't know if i'm allowed to say this i was on the, the final season of glow before it got canceled oh really so working a lot with chavo yeah that was awesome so they actually filmed it we filmed one episode wow just finished the episode and then everything got like put on pause and we thought okay in january we'll pick up again and i was a boyfriend of one of the characters and i, I was thinking like Maybe this is a one-off episode, but she like pulled me aside one day and said, "I think you're in like the whole season." And I was like, "Oh yes, yeah, dude. that's a big break." Exactly a big break, like wrestling and acting, like acting, you know, like that's perfect. That would be great. And then we just kept hearing like, "Well, they're gonna delay it more, delay it more." And then, "Hey guys, we're just canceling the whole thing." And I thought, "Come on, there's one. I could make a movie or something." I don't know. I, whenever stuff like that happens, it always makes me think that there was more to it than just that. Yeah, like, it has they were to be. looking yeah. for a way out, maybe. Because that show was a great show, and it was very critically acclaimed. Yeah. And, and it seemed like Netflix was behind it. So in, in being in this business, did somebody what's get, the deal? Yeah. get in a, a fight or an issue or an argument or creative problems or money? Mm -hmm. So, And it um, could be so far up a totem pole that no one will ever know. But right. like, yeah, right. right. So anyway, so, so you came here and did the, yeah. the match on Dynamite, and then was it pretty soon after that? Okay, so... Man, crazy. So my family is texting me like, hey, how was the birthday party? And I'm like, I'll be on TV next week fighting one of the, you know. And they're like, what? what you well, the best part of all was I'm in a group chat with your brother and a couple of ones. Okay. One of them's a Motley Crue group chat with Bubba Dudley. It's pretty much a daily thing. And of course, like any great brother, didn't mention once that you were going to be here. Not a word. Because I remember when I saw you by, I'm like, that looks like Dolph's brother. But he would have told me that he was coming. And it's like, nope. <laughs> no, total secret. Yeah. Uh, so... After that match, Tony pulled me aside and said, like, great, it went great, let's go, let's go. Uh, I'm going to send a camera crew to L.A., we're going to film some stuff. And I was like, I, I, and I thought, like, he thinks I work here. I don't work here. I'm just visiting. <laughs> and then less than 48 hours later, I'm in Venice Beach with a you know local film crew, and I'm thinking, I'm talking up this match. Because I, I sort of didn't get the filming schedule, so I'm like, okay, I have to talk about the match that we did and like why but then i thought why am i having this match it's kind of excited like invent things to say like any good actor does yeah, had your backstory <laughs> improvise yeah and it was really refreshing when they posted that road to dynamite to have all the fans who hate my brother and hate me be like what oh suddenly you're on dynamite now you don't have to go through the dark and all that and i'm like oh this is great i love this <laughs> nice to have them being angry again and you like playing that too on social media oh, so yeah. a lot of stuff Big time. Was one of, was when you lost a match or something, you posted something that was actually pretty funny about losing. I can't remember what it was. But. <laughs> they love do my face, man. What's that? <laughs> when I uh, a lot in the pack, the match. That's the pack. one we get yeah. choked out or something. Yeah. Who choked? Who was that? Uh, with? Pack. Right, pack. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah. I like to say pack. Yeah, but uh, next pack for you, pack. Pack man, <laughs> yeah. which is the pack man. But the the faces, and then uh, 
that face my brother will in the family group chat just put on anything he'll a photo of a magazine somewhere just my face is on that and it's like this is not even a joke but it's pretty funny <laughs> it's good the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So now you're here, and, and like we said, it's a great forum for you. It's a great spotlight for you to be back in the business. Yeah. But, um... I really want to talk about lots of things, but you mentioned Heal earlier, mm-hmm. and it's a short film that you did and released it, and it's really short, 10 minutes, but yep. it's really good. It's very uh, dramatic and impactful. Thank you. And it's one winning yeah. a lot of awards. Well, I got an email today that it won something at the Toronto Indie Shorts Festival. I don't know what award, but it was kind of vague, and I said, yeah, dude. <laughs> so, so tell me, kind of take a couple steps back. Yeah. Why a short film? Are short films popular? What's the whole culture behind sure. short short films? So this is something I had to learn the past few years, which uh, maybe a lot of your listeners know the whole business of film or not. You know, it's, I'm always learning things. Mm-hmm. Feature films are designed to turn a profit. Short films are not. They're designed either to to be developed into a feature film, into a series, or just like sh- a showcase for an actor or director, or just because someone wanted to make a piece of art and have people see it. Mm-hmm. So... I will, I guess I'll skip ahead just briefly to say like a lot of people will say like, oh, you're capitalizing on the speaking out movement to try to make money off it. There is no money to be made. <laughs> this movie is not making, I've lost thousands of my own dollars on this you movie. you got to make it yourself. You have to make and it. nobody's buying it really. No one will buy it, yeah. Um, and even if I get it streaming somewhere, I'm going to be paying to do that, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So I wrote it and crowdfunded it in 30 days. We raised the whole budget using social media and basically wrestling fans and any connections I had out in LA and what budget did you have we wanted to raise $65,000 and we raised the website would show that we caught we like passed that which isn't technically accurate because some of the the pledges like I might pledge to work as a makeup artist for free we would count that as a thousand bucks so like Mm -hmm. We raised about like fifty four thousand, I think, which gotcha. I think is just an insane amount of money for people just to be. Most of the donations are like ten, twenty bucks. But and then like you said, for just and people realize this, they might not. But fifty four thousand dollars is a huge amount of money. Yeah. But to make a movie, it's a very small amount of money. Yeah, yeah. And, and I didn't realize that when I thought when I wrote this script, I thought ten thousand max. <laughs> and our line producer goes seventy grand, and I said, no, I can't. Like, come on, man. So we had to meet somewhere in the middle and. It was a 32-page script that I cut down to 12 pages, so it's very... I mean, there was a whole other storyline that we kind of cut out even in the editing process to get it down to 10 minutes. 10 minutes is like the ideal programmable into a festival length because it's just shorter. It's not like too long where you're like, why is this so long? But it's just get to the point, here's what it is, done. You can fit it in wherever. And I think that's kind of helped get into so many festivals, which is cool. Well, because like you said, and especially, if, you know how Hollywood is and anything, if you're putting together an audition tape, you want it to be good, but if it's too long, people lose interest. Yeah. And if they know it's a short film, they'll probably give you 8 to 10. If it goes 12, 15, eh. No way. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And uh, so we had original original assembly cut, they call it, which is like nothing fine-tuned uh, in post-production. Just putting scenes in order was like verging on 20 minutes, and we're all watching this going like, dude... The script was so awesome and shooting it was so great. Why is this just kind of like just dragging on? And so... So the edit wasn't good? It was just... There were things about it that, that weren't good. We Like somewhere in there, we need to tease out like gotcha. exactly what we need to have happen. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead it's like, okay, a big setup here. Kind of a long emotional scene. All right. And then... The, and then mm. so we just, That's why you'll notice it started with some action. There's some wrestling right in the beginning because we just thought why it originally started with like an emotional like scene and we thought it's a, people who want to see wrestling right away even if it's about you know what it's about show some freaking action mm. and chavo was the stunt coordinator in that too so that was pretty awesome <laughs> he's all over the place he's too, everywhere yeah. yeah it's amazing how much work he's getting from wrestling stuff 
So where did you get the idea? You mentioned the speaking out movement. Was this yeah. inspired by the speaking out movement? No, actually, uh, about a year and a half or maybe more before that I wrote this, it just takes so long. Even So I kind of thought, like, as people are accusing me of that, I'm like, we made this, the movie has been done for six months right. before this. I'm like, get off my back. Yeah, yeah. For that to have worked, I need a time machine for that to happen. <laughs> so I just kind of became aware of some things in the indie wrestling scene, uh, you know, on the topic of sexual assault. was kind of massively like upset about it but I thought what are you going to do about this you you can't there's no world in which you can go hi everybody here's the rumor I just heard you could but then what someone sues you or mm-hmm. whoever confided in you hates you now right. uh, or or says I never said that this guy's making up you, just, you can't do that so I thought the thing that I can do which is also something that I'm doing all the time is just create something so Maybe this will spark a conversation about it. Maybe it won't. But either way, I want to contribute in some way. Like, make the make these kind of stories heard without kind of stealing that voice from someone else. You can't take a, a victim story and, and make it your own, you know? So, and that's also why I asked Maggie Levin to direct this. She, it's kind of a, a she describes it as, like, a, a feminist revenge rape story, sort of, like, through the lens of her eye it's about a guy but mm. it's kind of it made sense to have it told through her voice you know i wrote it and i'm in it and there's dudes in it but i wanted it to be but also too like the, the way that you just described how you can't tell somebody else's story yeah is exactly what happens in heel when the guy yeah takes up for the girl and she says don't do it and he yeah. does it and so everyone's mad at him yep. promoters mad at him yeah girls mad at him and what did you really get exactly it, right? yeah, yeah probably lost a lot probably will not get booked in places yeah. whatever opportunity yeah. won't be friends with them anymore sure yeah. Is, yeah and that i sort of wanted the takeaway to be i didn't want someone to watch this and go oh this is how you deal with it and it's not there is no way to deal with mm. it it's confusing and it sucks for everybody it's messy and this guy's not a hero he's confused he's got a, a pill problem of his own and he, well, first give a brief plot summary. Sure, yeah, days, yeah. yeah. We're, I'm talking yeah, we're about talking, things. No one knows what we're talking. We've about. seen it, haven't you? <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen it, well, you should have, you jerks. Uh, it is about a an independent pro wrestler who is about to kind of make his big break and get a job somewhere at a big company. And then in his final independent match, he's going against a guy that his, one of his best friends, a female wrestler, says confides in him and says, "This man, you know, attacked me, assaulted me." And he, uh, and so he just has this the feeling of like, do I sabotage everything and just beat this guy's ass in this match for real? Or do I keep it to myself? Like, what's the move here? So that's that's the general setup. Right. Yeah, and we see that it's kind of, there is no right answer. It's messy. I mean, people would argue there's a right answer. I'm, I, We made the movie and I still don't know yeah. what you're supposed to do about this, you know? But, but once again, it's really cool that, that this 10-minute movie... It does have a story that could be a 90-minute story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, but because it's a short film, it's very impactful the way that you kind of got right yeah. to the point. You know, and I thought that was really, really well done. Thank you. Thanks for watching. I really appreciate that. It's uh, awesome when someone watches it because of, there's just been years of time and effort put into this. and just. Well, I, I did a documentary while we started it pre-pandemic mm-hmm. and then it was just called I'm too old for this shit <laughs> and it's about it's a real story of a, of a friend of mine who I had no idea was in a metal band in the early 80s when he was 18 and they broke up just as teenagers do but they made an album that got overseas and 30 years later after never playing for 30 years find out that they have a fan base Whoa. and got booked on this big festival so I was like yeah, I gotta send a camera crew because yeah. it's either gonna be the greatest story or just a complete bomb and either mm-hmm. way it could be interesting so when you make the movie, like you said, and once again, I think my budget was about 50 or 60 uh-huh. with you know, some help as far as people doing things for smaller prices or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you make the movie, and it's gr- even you, when you pare it down and edit it, then you got to sell the damn thing, like you said. Yeah. And I got it onto iTunes and all the other stuff. I'm not going to make that money back. Sure. And it's not a lot, but it's still a lot, but it's still more important to get the art yeah, and that's a really unique story, and so many people will see that, and no one's watching this going, wow, I wonder if the guy who made this made some money. No, they're loving the movie. That's right, yeah. and I think that's kind of a lot of, my point on that is, when you made your film, mm-hmm. and you know, doing the short film route, 
and you just mentioned earlier you're doing it not to make money because you wanted to make this great piece of art and tell yeah. this great story that takes precedent over everything yes and so when you made the movie and then you cut it together how do you start getting it out there so people can watch it because what i was going to say is when we did it the guy said you can go the festival route mm-hmm. and get all the awards but it amounts to nothing <laughs> Or you can try and sell it right off the bat and then do the festival route. So it doesn't seem like there's a lot of different ways yeah, to do yeah. it. With the short film, it's just definitely for a short film way more productive for me to put to try to get in festivals just because mm-hmm. I can still try to develop it into a feature, you know, whether that happens or not. So why not try to get people to watch this? Right. And... You know, there's something about, uh, I put a lot of work in this, I'd like to have some recognition, damn it, yeah. instead of just hiding it somewhere or like, you know, I want people to see it. But how do you get it into this? Into oh, the how do you, sure. Uh, so there are just so many more film festivals around the world than I thought there were. I, I interned for the Cleveland International Festival, like in high school for a year, and I thought, this is cool, and I got a little comedy short in there a couple of years ago, and I just thought, how many other cities have this? So you just... It's not a fun thing. It's like maybe when people are writing books and they just like have to write letters to publishers like 10 a day or something. Mm-hmm. Just So you got to submit to a bunch of them and you won't get into a bunch of them, but you'll get into ones you didn't think you'd get into. And so many of them this year, we put it off a year uh, because of the whole shutdown and pandemic and stuff. And I had to like politely be like, hey, sorry, uh, yeah. we're going to wait a year and just like pull it back. And, you know, some festivals are pretty pissed about that, but it's like... Mm-hmm. I wanted people to be in person watching this on a big screen. And even with the delay, most of the festivals so far have been streaming, which is good and bad. Bad because I want people in person to see this, and you want to go network and meet people and you want just see on the big screen yeah, and see what they think live. But it's good because, you know, for instance, last week, the Orlando International Festival, uh, they had a streaming. So you could be in any city around the world, click there, pay their ticket price, and just watch it online. So you don't have to be in Orlando mm-hmm. to watch it. So... There's good and bad, so I can't like really complain that much about it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You got lots of reviews and positive remarks, negative remarks? Um, if there are negative ones, I haven't heard them yet. So maybe, great. Maybe they're being hidden politely or something. Yeah. Yeah. So far, pretty good. From any, from any like bigwigs at all, though? Have any people seen it? Yeah, um... So Jeff Tremaine, who who did Jackass and Bad Grandpa and right. Bad Trip, he he actually backed the film. Him and his wife did. Oh wow! And they loved it big time. Uh, Scott Derrickson, who's a, a big time horror director, made Doctor Strange and all that. Oh no kidding! He he, I'll give him credit right now. He suggested the thing in the beginning with the voiceover. Hmm. Uh, so you know, yeah, so it's it's getting out there and seems. Does this like, help your overall presence in Hollywood? I think so, yeah, because, as you know, though, the city is full of people who claim to be, you know, oh, I'm an actor, I'm a filmmaker, but what are you really doing, typing mm-hmm. at Starbucks or something? So, just say, like, yeah, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, you know? And it's going to take a while, it's going to be hard, but here's the final product, and we did it, man. Something you could give to somebody, yeah. so here's some example of here's, here's a resume, man. Right, right, right. It's, it's got everything in there, uh, producing, writing, and acting, so if you need any of those, and, and fighting, also... <laughs> That's the thing, though. You, you you do a lot. I mean, obviously, so do I. But it's kind of like that's the best way to uh, build your career mm-hmm. in this day and age is not just put all the eggs in one basket. But there's a whole plethora of things that you do. Oh, I've thought that about you forever. Uh, writing books, being in a band, mm-hmm. everything, everything you do. That's perfect expression. Not every egg in one basket. Like it's people can go. Oh, so what are you? Well, I'm this, but I also am really. Right multi-talented and work hard very and succeed at all of them you know right, right, right yeah so your whole story is a big inspiration in general well and i appreciate that but one of the things that i knew you were doing was and i want to talk about your your fcw nxt time too but you were doing a lot of stand-up comedy as yeah. was your brother uh-huh. and how does that start and then you actually toured with with nick dolph 
so kind of to give sure us yeah uh so when he was i'm trying to remember you know because there's like dolph ziggler spirit squad nikki and then the caddy like I'm trying to remember exactly the timeline I, uh, when he was in ovw i guess he was some both of those, of those things i would drive from i was in college like an hour away so i would drive to louisville and go watch his wednesday night shows and come back and bring i would bring like the whole rugby team we'd go there everybody would drink beers watch wrestling and they were they didn't know these guys don't watch wrestling so they're like what is this you know <laughs> and uh this is like jim Cornette time and who what, 2004 ovw time i don't know if you have any idea what was going on OVW, or something yeah. yeah and it was so fun man uh and i i was involved in like i played rugby i wrestled in high school but i was doing like more like improv and comedy and acting stuff at college and I was watching this and thought, you know, I've never considered wrestling ever because it was just such a thing that my brother like claimed his whole life since he was a child. Like, I will be in the WWF someday. And he's oh, like, yeah. yeah, you probably will. Okay, sure. Right. And uh, going to watch those shows, I was thinking like, man, maybe this is a thing that I should at least consider because it's like every time I go here and watch this, I want to be doing this. And I think maybe being on stages and doing the theatrical stuff and comedy maybe open up the idea of just like being in front of a crowd being a spectacle basically right and i've loved watching wrestling my whole life it just never crossed my mind to like infringe on like my brother's thing that's what oh, it felt he, like yeah. yeah it felt like a territory thing yeah he's older than you by uh like five years so his little brother gonna come in and try and take over yeah. my stuff yeah and whether he's probably not thinking that but i'm just like assuming he's <laughs> yeah, thinking yeah. that and I think fast forward a year or two, I'm like living in Chicago and trying to do acting and improv there. And he was in town for SmackDown, and I was like, I've been bugging him for weeks, like maybe months. Like, how do I get involved in wrestling? What's the, I'm trying to search for schools around Chicago. And all I'm, at that stage in the game, there's like just a few places to go. And he just put it to me. He's like, go to Landstorm School or go to OVW. Those, that's it. Don't bother anywhere else. And no offense to all the amazing other schools that I'm sure exist somewhere. Yeah. But just from his own experience that's where he learned from go go to canada with lance storm and i thought well that's my first choice but it's so hard to go to a different country and louisville is close centrally close to i don't know i, I could eas more easily move move there yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that's what i did i t uh, sold everything and took like a backpack and flew like bought a ticket to louisville and just said i'll figure out where to live and get a car i was like staying with someone temporarily i think i bought a car from an olive garden server <laughs> for like 500 dollars uh started training with rip rogers and so danny you just show up and he instantly accepts you um you have to pay had a tryout i'm a little fuzzy on exactly what the i think it's fuzzy because they changed it it was kind of like is this a tryout or are you guys just convincing people to, to like sign <laughs> up you know sign one of those things yeah. <laughs> i remember nick at some point saying Every wrestling school is going to rip you off, but the best ones to be ripped off by are these two or whatever, you know? <laughs> Sorry, everybody. So were you guys in, this, in, this, in, in it together or was he already in WWE? No, he, at this point, I think he was Dolph Ziggler touring around, like hit, hitting a stride mm -hmm. of being like, all right, I feel comfortable. Not comfortable, but like I work right. here now. It's okay for me to get involved. Yeah, and then I, I, uh, his, his deal was always like, finish college, finish your degree, and... Uh, get footage of some matches after you wrestle for a while and I'll maybe I'll see if I can pass it on to someone. It was always like a me, like, I don't know. And I thought that's smart because what if I'm just so bad, dude? <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know what I was doing, but Jim Cornette just, I think, looked at me and saw like, you're handsome and have kind of a good body. You'll just be on TV right away. Mm -hmm. Like, you know that how that works. Yeah. And I'm just like clueless, man. Like my opponent's just calling every single thing to me. And there's one point, where I just freeze on TV in a match, and my opponent goes very loudly, body slam me, you asshole. <laughs> and, I, and now you just see me go, all right, body slam. I am an asshole. Okay. <laughs> yep, I'm stupid, yep. <laughs> uh, and, but, but Cornette just thought, and I know people have mixed feelings about him, but this is just part of the story. Mm -hmm. And he just, like, was super into me and thought well, he's gonna be tag champ we'll make him rookie of the year we'll do some things so i'm just on every night and just sort of kind of having to really learn really really fast and then at some point i had to make the phone call to him to say hey man they offered me to go to fcw i think you know obviously i'm gonna do that and on the phone i remember him saying yeah i think <laughs> wow, he screams everything 
Yeah, I figured those Connecticut cocksuckers would take you away sooner than later. All right, f- I guess I got to rewrite TV now. Great. Congratulations. F- you know, like. Right. Which happened to him all the time. They would just take his <laughs> guys sure, at yeah. no week's notice. Yeah, exactly. And it's so funny that that place, like it's a smaller regional thing. And even when it was uh, associated with WWE, like, you know, WWE is the more important, bigger company. But right. to them, it was like, well, well, they can't leave. They're the tag champs. Like, but, you know, and that's still how it was even without being connected to them. So, uh, yeah, then I went to Florida and had adventures there. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Did you ever get to the point with WWE where you were being considered to be called up to the main roster from NXT? It's a hard to answer question because I think so, but then is that true or not? I don't know. There would be times when uh, Dusty seemed to really take a leg into it to me and put me in a tag team right away. It was kind of similar to OVW. Like, well, I think you'll just be somehow factored into our TV show. Mm-hmm. And made us tag champs right away. And I felt like, this is cool, man. I'm like, I know it's a smaller scale thing and we're just touring around Florida and Georgia, but I felt very uh, lucky and honored to be like doing house show matches with uh, Moxley and Xavier Woods and Sandow and like thought, this is awesome. They're all great crew there, right? Yeah, really great crew. I'm getting better each match just being around them, you know, and relaxing. There's a point of my brain where it's like, all right, stop freaking out. You're, this is, yeah, just enjoy what's happening and do good at it, you know? And then uh, there, there was, like, rumors, and Dusty would, like, tell you things, and I think they were true, but I don't know how much was in his power or not, so I never, I don't know. No idea. What was your name there? Briley Pierce. Where'd you come with Briley? Danny Davis's real last name was Briley. Ah. Yeah, so I thought this would be a secret little way to <laughs> say thank you, Danny Davis, and uh, also it's very strange and weird, so it'll kind of, they. I, I suggested so many names, I was hoping Briley would be in there somewhere. And I got a text one night that said, you can either be Nathan Pierce or Briley Pierce. And I was like, obviously the weird one. <laughs> Definitely. What other names did you have? Um, a lot of Skylers on there. I was trying a to be Skyler. Skyler. Yeah. Alexander Briley was a member of the Village People. Which one? I think he was kind of the utility guy. Like sometimes okay. he was an army guy. And then once in a while he'd be like a you can switch guy. Out. Like whatever oh, they man. needed. So there you go. You got that in common with them. Nice. What works out some of the differences between OVW and FCW as far as the way they trained you, etc. Okay, so Dr. Tom was our head trainer when I first got there. And I remember it would, there was this feeling of like, well, it's going to be really hard. Like certain days, you're just in the ring for like 40 minutes. And I thought, dude, they were killing me in OVW. You had training six days a week, <laughs> TV, torrent, like, it, and I'm not getting paid. It was like, you right. have to also have to have another job too. So... I think if you came from different schools or, or from indies, maybe this was a big shock, but I thought, like, oh, this is actually a little bit easy, like, a lot easier than OVW physically. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I th- coming from Rip Rogers, again, a lot of controversial people in my training, but Dr. Tom, you know, loved him, and he, no matter how new I was, I had, like, the, the at least been drilled into me basic things of the founda- the right. fundamentals of wrestling. That's the most important thing. What would you say? That's the most important okay, thing is yeah, the founda- yeah. is to be trained properly in the foundations. Then you can build the rest on top of mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and I there's some times in my life right now where I feel like I can't like do flips. I'm not doing ninja mm. acrobatics, acrobatics and stuff. And when I will say that I'll, I'll be talking to Sandow, for instance. He's a great friend of mine. He'll say, "Yeah, but you're you know like people will hate you or they'll love you." And there's just there's like basic things, you know. That you those are extra. If you're good at those, great. But if you're not, there's other you know. Right, right, right. Yeah, and that's a reassuring thing. Well, the thing with FCW, too, this is pre-NXT. Yes. And that was the big kind of warehouse. Yeah. With, I think they fit four rings in there, but it was Mm -hmm. very close together and like 60 guys or whatever it was. Yeah, it was really cramped. And (laughs) there's like an ice closet with an ice machine. People would get changed in there. There was like a bathroom. There wasn't, there was not locker rooms. (laughs) Just find places that you could go. Wherever you can get changed, yeah. And there were, yeah, so many rings in there. 
and then it it turned it into NXT midway through when I was there, and that was a big sort of everything shifted. And so Dusty got involved. No, Dusty was well, in he, FC, he was always involved. He was in FCW. Yeah. That's right. I remember. That. I remember his office there. Yeah, um, I loved being around him. He was someone I loved to uh, him and Doctor Tom. Just like ask them something, and you know, and also it was a good way to get out of taking bumps would just be like hey so what about this and it was just a long story and you're like cool cool story and also like ah, easy day of practice <laughs> fished in yeah did dusty help you a lot yes uh i loved everything about his promo days and seeing him sort of uh like oversee all of the the little regional tv show he did there fcw was like really incredible mm. he did for a few weeks, he would say, I want you guys to write up what you think next week's TV show should be minute by minute. Actually, here's an example of what the format looks like. Duplicate this. And I thought that was like really, mm. I don't know if they do anything like that there now, but super helpful because you could see why certain decisions are made and why you can't, like not every single person could be on every single show right. and not every match can be so long. There's need commercial breaks and whatever. Mm. Yeah. So that was cool. I like doing that. So what kind of, you mentioned flirting with getting called up or, or mm-hmm. hearing rumors what led to you leaving the WWE system well they used to have this dry erase board that had the, it would call it was FCW top 10 and it would be usually whoever's champion was number one then two whatever and it kind of it was a ever changing way of thinking this is what publicly what everyone thinks about you here <laughs> Right. I remember being like three or four for so long and thinking like, I don't know if I really deserve that, but this is reassuring. It's cool. Like someone here thinks I, there's, I have something to offer, which is mm-hmm. nice. And uh, in a business where you don't ever know what anyone, you know, it's kind of mysterious that this is like a dry, it's right there, you know, yeah. it's right there and easily erased, but like, could yeah. so you'd see like, ah, oh, my five this week. And like, of course, if you're caught looking at it, like, what are you, the mark? Yeah, right, right. Like, the yeah. one you put it up there for. Yeah, they, of course. Um, and I would always ask, like, after every match and every training session, whoever is the producer that day or the coach that day, like, what's the deal? What am I good at? What am I bad at? What should I work more on? You know, and there's a lot of amazing trainers there. So you have a lot to learn. And then suddenly there's a change of regime of like, who is in charge? And then I went from like one of the top held in high regard people on every show to now I'm in like the training class with the brand new football guys. And I'm just... Instantly, overnight. Was that when Triple H took over? Or um, I see. I don't really know exactly when Triple H took over. It's kind of a blur. There was a day when he would come in and say, "All right, guys, I'm running this now." And then the next day, Johnny Ace would come in and go, "Just so you know, I'm still in charge." And then we we're like, uh, <laughs> "What is happening here, dude?" Right, right, right. Um, but the head coach, Bill, Bill took over, and it was almost like, "Oh, see, ya, I don't like you." Gotcha. Yeah, and. I don't know what that's based on. Maybe he just, you know, people just like certain people and don't like certain people or whatever. But I remember he had me come in the office one time and said, uh, you're not in our uh, whatever. Uh, why, why are you getting these reviews? And I'm like, I don't know. My reviews used to be awesome like mm-hmm. a, a week ago. or something. I don't know how exactly this is worded, but like right. you're writing them. Uh, I think. So it's interesting to go after a match and say, like, Norman Smiley is your agent and say, so what do you think? And he would tell you details, and I'd think, okay, cool. And then hear from someone else, like, wow, you're really bad. Like, okay, so which one is the truth? And that's maybe the, just the nature of anything in entertainment, I guess. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So they finally just... So I was... Uh, I also thought, like, man, I'm really spinning my wheels here, and I know I, I'm still newer than most of the people involved in the wrestling business and this is kind of a shitty way to think but i'm also grown up and if there's no i'm like pitching things all the time to be people's managers i think i excelled more at the promos at that point than i was not like an amazing in-ring technician but i was i could captivate or get attention and get people you know so i was pitching that kind of thing and there's an idea where i would be uh (laughs) the personal scribe of damian sandow like Scribe. Yeah, oh man, we were doing that in promo days a lot. I thought that was going to be so good. Uh, just a, a number of different ideas. Anything with my brother, you know? And it just became, once NXT became like, now NXT is a thing. It's no longer a game show. This is the show. Mm-hmm. I, we did a pilot episode, and even on that pilot episode, I was factored in very highly. And then suddenly the show starts airing, and it's like, you're the backstage interviewer now. And I thought, dude, come on. Like, I'm, this sucks. Yeah, yeah, and maybe looking back on that, that could have been a long 
a lucrative career, but like I didn't want to do that. Would this. you be happy? Yeah. No, I wouldn't be. Yeah, it's a great, great question. I would not be happy, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then I started thinking like, I got to set a deadline. If something doesn't happen by this date, I will, I should go somewhere else and do something like wrestle somewhere else or it's just something needs to change. I, and this is a part of your youth where you don't know what the answer is, but yeah. like, this it's not working you know someone here hates me i think <laughs> it's not gonna happen well it's like any you know you play on a team the coach doesn't like you you sit yeah. on the bench that's how it goes that's yeah. it yeah and that week was approaching and then i got released and i was like all right good time wow <laughs> exactly just, yeah and did no uh inclination or warning or indi- indications at all well now that we're thinking about this i remember i called one of the 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 new office guys who was under triple h and i said very hey, man, I think that someone just doesn't like me here. Like, I think I'm doing really well and trying hard, and all of my coaches and trainers think I'm great. But, some like, I think it's just not going. And he was like, yes, I can confirm that someone does not like you. And I was like, <laughs> okay. you." So we're kind of, like, out loud acknowledging this. And then when he called me to release me, I was like, do you remember the phone call we had? And he goes, yep. I'm like, is that what's happening? He goes, yeah. And I was like, okay, great, man. Cool, thanks. <laughs> right, right, right. Thanks for the phone call. So was that kind of, uh, even though you said you're spinning your wheels and all these sort yeah. of things, when you actually do get the axe, do you feel like, oh no, what am I going to do now? Or was it a relief? Man, it was a lot of things. It was sort of like, you can't be that upset if you knew, like you said, the wheels are spinning and you want you were thinking yourself, like you wanted to go reset your life somehow. But also, damn dude, I really wanted to travel the world wrestling with my brother and be mm-hmm. best friends with him and... You know, I loved what I was doing, you know? So, you feel, like, uh, weirdly ashamed, embarrassed. This sucks, man. I'm just, my life's over. I mean, I said that on the phone call, like, my life's ruined. (laughs) He said, so you're going to have a... I said, something like, how was your day? Just calling people and fire them. He's like, yeah, it's pretty rough, man. I remember thinking, don't say it's rough. I'm the one getting fired, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then you're out of a job, too. Yeah. Is that so, when you got into the comedy thing? Well, I kind of thought, like, I'm going to be as far from Tampa as possible, the city I love more than any other city. Man, I love Tampa for so many reasons. But after just being around there for, like, a month or two, it's just, it's, well, they're in Orlando now, but, like, everyone I knew there is still going to the shows and sure. wrestling. And I'm like, I just, it's just so brutally painful to be around yeah. this. Rubs your face in it. Yeah, so I went as far as possible to the next ocean to LA and it was the same thing just starting when I go to Louisville like just starting fully fresh don't really have a place to live or a job uh ended up getting a job working at a fancy gym training people and just thought like wrestling may still be on the horizon but for now my brain needs to like focus on other creative things so I would just got really into comedy and acting and you know, eventually I would gradually get back into doing wrestling on, on the indies and doing Tommy Dreamer tours and stuff. And it would—it felt like, all right, yes, I do love this. And like the part you thought you hated it because of this bad experience, but there's ups and downs everywhere. Sure, so, of course. Yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Ryan, what was your first comedy show like? Um, I started... I was at some after party somewhere, and the Second City guys were like, Hey, you're, we know you from NXT... We do this comedy show where we have a wrestler guest host, and then we do improv. Would you want to like be the guest host one time? It's right in town. It's here. And I thought, yeah, dude, of course. Yeah. And if also this could be a way, <laughs> I was kind of thinking, this will be a way to skip the whole line of like, you know, just <laughs> yeah. get right on stage. Okay, perfect. Yeah, right. So I did a show with them, and then after the show, they said, hey, like immediately afterwards, that was awesome having you. Do you want to just be in this show permanently? And I said, well, how do you mean? And they said, we just think you're really good at this. And I said, yep, okay, cool. So that was really good to have, like, a routine, regular schedule. Like, I will be on stage these times this month. That's good. And then I started, it's, uh, like, 
the same with a lot of things, I think. Networking and knowing people and Nick was doing, I think he was maybe he's just trying to learn stand-up at that point. So he was making a lot of stand-up comedy friends. Mm -hmm. And so they would ask him like, hey, do you want to be in this thing? We need a wrestler. And he, he would say, I'm on tour, but my brother lives there. So that, would, that was cool. And then Morrison was out there, John Morrison. Right. I just kind of got very luckily factored into a lot of cool social and networking things that led to, I was on stage constantly all month long and it felt like good it felt good to be in you know like the thing of being a spectacle in front of a crowd yeah 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 well then it, it, there is a lot of uh similarities between wrestling and and, and comedians because it's all about timing mm -hmm. you know you need timing to be a wrestler you need timing to be a comedian so we see a lot of the guys get into that and do yeah. do quite well because even like i've done uh like one man shows mm -hmm. Mick Foley's done them and they're basically just telling stories long long term jokes yep what kind of comedy style do you have though so I would do uh, I love doing characters or just little bits you know so it feels less like you're watching stand up <laughs> like Nick will do traditional stand up yeah. He'll, he will go out there and do a stand up routine for 20 minutes or a half hour or whatever and I think that's awesome I'm more into like I just love Andy Kaufman so much so I I just, my brain goes that way. So maybe I'm a high school character, you know, reading a poem about the girl who dumped him or something. That, Do you come up there as the character? Yeah. yeah. And so, <laughs> and I would do that in promo days in Dusty's class. And I just, it sort of felt like, you know, that always felt like work. You're doing it, but it's to try to get it fits, somewhere. Yeah. But in here, it's like, you could just do that. And there's less pressure and people are ready. They want to laugh. They're not nervous because they also work there. They're just like, someone's on stage what is this guy? he's pretending to be a high school character all right great <laughs> and uh i would always say hey if anyone knows my mom like i'm out way past curfew just be cool you know and like right away they're like we like this cool we're yeah, yeah, this. yeah so that kind of stuff so you went on tour with with nick with yeah your so we will do i'll usually do we'll have a local stand-up at some point, I'll MC it, and then I'll also come back as a different character and do something, and then then he'll do stand-up, and then it's like a and a with the two of us and whatever, if we have a, a wrestler who lives in that town that wants to join or make it. You know, and those shows, it's fun, because you can have Zack Ryder show up, and like people just go, ah, yeah, they love someone appearing. So it's, because it's one of the things, like with, with, with Fozzie at first, I had to distance the two. Yeah. Because people thought it was going to be on stage you know, in spandex, singing about body slams <laughs> yeah. or whatever, and it's like this is not the same thing. And is your comedy wrestling related or uh, extremely not? Until just before the pandemic thing happened, I started thinking, I think I'll start incorporating maybe I'll be like a referee character, and, we'll, and, then, and then everything just got shut down. So no, so it's not, <laughs> not yet. Yeah, I, I did a, a stand up. I did one stand up show in my life when I first started wrestling in Calgary at an open mic. Uh -huh. And I remember I was like, I had a, I was, I, I spent a lot of time picking my outfit. And I had like <laughs> yeah. a wife beater on with a, with a, like a turquoise blue short sleeve open shirt. And I was like, man, I look really cool. This is funny. This is a funny outfit. <laughs> yeah. And my big topic of, of, of joke was, I don't know if you even have it in, in the States. When you go to the movies and you order popcorn, they, they ask, they, they put golden topping on it, which is butter, but it's oh, some sure. kind of, yeah. you know, equivalent of it would you like some golden topping and my whole act was based around how golden topping sounded erotic and comparing it to a golden shower and tore the house down to the point where the, i never got booked ever again but that was i thought that was gonna be so funny golden topping so you're, you're welcome to try it if you ever want i thought it sounded a little sexual just hearing it golden so, topping. so now that it, it's it's great now that we're, we're we're back you know god willing continuing this right direction mm -hmm. Do you go back on the road for stand-up too, or do you not have as much time for that as you did? I would love to, and especially, uh, like you said, things are kind of going in that direction. We're getting messages now about setting up dates. And, for the two of you guys, the yeah, brothers? Yeah, I just really want to do it, especially now because at that point I'm kind of like, maybe if you're a big wrestling nerd, you knew who Briley Pierce was, but you probably don't. But yeah, like, just on you, yeah. yeah and, that's what it has to be. Yeah. And, but well, now it, to get an exposure on AEW is very. Oh, that's nice. right. Good point. So I feel like it will no longer be like, "Hey, we're here for Dolph Ziggler." But who's this? Oh, oh, we realize. Okay, so that's Look, who this guy is. Cool. Right. right. He was kind of funny, but that's who. He, now it'll be like a built-in. Like, well, we already like this guy. Are you going to be able to now though? Is the politics, oh, WWE and AEW doing comedy shows together? Oh, yeah. I think he got in trouble for tweeting so much about. He would always like. 
anti-advertise for Dynamite by like posting like, do not watch this show. This guy sucks and it's me. <laughs> and it, don't tune in to TNT at 8 p.m. tonight. Do not. You know, and I think after a few months, maybe he got a talking to or something. Yeah, because I was going to book him on my cruise at one point. And like, you can't book him on your cruise. I'm like, why? He's coming as a comedian. Oh, damn. That would have yeah. been awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, if AEW doesn't have a problem, then I don't think my brother will probably just say, oh, I'm AEW would anything. never yeah. have a problem. I mean, I hope they won't have a problem. Hey, with listen, that. we got a comedian. We'll, I'll book you instead. Yeah, I'll book the funnier of the Nemeth brothers. Yeah, that's I said right. it. That's right. So, how would you do, would you do would you do your act that he was do his act, and would you do anything together at the end, or like a- we would do? Uh, well, okay, th- I'm, I'm just this is our show. We would do together. We do a Q and A because inevitably there's a million wrestling fans there who do there. So we would. Oh, this is a, man. It was so fun. We would have index cards at every table. So if you want have a question to ask, you know, Dolph Ziggler at the end, just turn. We'll collect them. You know, but I would always include. Uh, like fake questions like, <laughs> and he was doing this before I was really involved with Sarah Tiana the comedian and, oh yeah, uh, yeah yeah she was on she, the cruise supposed to be my cruise last geez. year then she went and got pregnant that's right the audacity that damn baby jeez Louise she was awesome I loved uh, being on stuff with her she was like you know I'm kind of doing weird stuff and Nick's uh, you know more green and stand up but pretty good she was like, "This is the pro stand up comedian. Like, this is great. You know, she's a pro. It was right, great yeah, to yeah. see like how she handles someone, you know, yapping in the front row or how how Hecklers. she, yeah. And it was cool to see how she changes things night to night too. Um, but yeah, so the Q and A would go on, and, and if it was kind of dragging on, I'd be like, "All right, it's time for this question. How big is Batista's dick? How would he know? <laughs> well, who wrote this? Who wrote this? You know, like that kind. You just plant those in there, sort of. That was always the one." <laughs> That one always tore the house down. <laughs> yeah, man. If it's not going well, let's just ask about <laughs> that dick size for Big Dave. <laughs> as we start to to, to wind down here, uh, the heel now being as successful as it is, does this now encourage you to do more? Do you want to do more short films? Or I'd like to um, do. I guess I don't want to do more short films. I want to be behind bigger ones. So More films in general. Yeah, films in general, definitely. I've got this uh, horror script that's getting in some hands right now. What a phrase, getting in some hands. <laughs> it's, it's making it the rounds. You're you know? Hollywood now. Yeah. So you wrote the script? Yeah, I wrote this horror script, and it was kind of cool because Maggie, the, the, the director who made Heal, she's, by the way, having an amazing film career now. She uh, did a movie for Hulu. She's writing the new Labyrinth sequel. She's... Wow. Yeah. After Heal? We had to delay Heal because she got... No, not... I don't want to make this... Not, <laughs> Heal led not to why. this. Yeah. We actually had it. She was like, let's make this movie. Here's the date we're going to do it. And then she said, bad news, but amazing news. I'm making a giant feature film for Hulu and Blumhouse. And I was like, cool. Great. Awesome. How, how does that help me? Yeah. So we have to delay <laughs> this. Uh, so she's, she's off and running like on feature films now she said literally out loud I want this to be my final short film I make and I mm. said that sounds great this will be my first short film <laughs> right, right. so you want to do more filmmaking in front of the camera behind uh, writing scripts too yeah I like I just like creating things and I feel dude AEW so great for that mm. that's another thing mm-hmm. just doing things for BTE is so fun oh right or when there's I can't believe the amount of pre-tapes I've gotten on these shows on Dark and Elevation coming from being I'm not someone who will complain too much about the past, but like, man, being like, hey, interview this guy. Okay. To, you know, Jess Palumbo coming up and saying, you guys have a pre-tape. What do you want to do? And I'm like, I get to decide what we do. That's the beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Decide. To be trusted with that kind of. It's like what I heard about Clint Eastwood. I've heard about his directing style. He does one or two takes, two takes at the most for these Oscar winning million dollar baby movies. When they ask him, why do you only do one or two takes? He says, because I hired professionals. Yeah. They are professional actors. That's why I hired them and cast them. I don't need 50 takes. I know they'll do it in one or two, and that's it. Let's that's move on. Awesome. That's, I and I that. think I really feel that with AEW is yeah. that there's some people that need a little bit of, of a boost. And, and, and like, for example, Inner Circle, like Sammy Guevara promo a year and a half ago to now, he's like, but I'd never given him any lines, just a couple directions yeah. here and there. And that. That's kind of the attitude of our company. We want you to be yourself I love that. and to experiment and get better on your own because that's the only way you can. Just being able to uh, be Ryan Nemeth and have the owner of the company say, uh, you're going to be the Hollywood hunk because you live in Hollywood and are a hunk. I was like, perfect. Or, he, or my trunk said hunk. He goes, okay, but what kind of hunk are you? And I said, Hollywood. And he goes, 
Holly Hunk, let's go, let's go, you know, let's go, it's like, let's go, it's right. great, it's great, it's great, it's great. Where you can never do that. Some in, in any other business, really, you're like I'm going to do this today. No, you're not. You know? yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, we got to just check it with the trademark. Yeah, and all of this stuff too, right? To be trusted creatively with things, and I so I do feel every trip I come here, I am writing, performing, and then wrestling. It's right. all all of those things are happening. So it's it doesn't feel like if I'm secretly working at a script somewhere, I'm like you know cheating on a job. It feels like this is. Fine. Mm-hmm. This is great. And he would, I remember that being a big thing I was worried about. I would ask him, like, hey, if I book an acting job or a commercial or something, will you be mad at that? And he goes, no, it fits your character. It's perfect. And I'm like, <laughs> man, it's, what a good feeling. Uh, talk a little bit about the wingman and how that came <laughs> The <be>. wingman. Oh, man. <laughs> and uh, the wingman is Cesar Bononi, yeah. you, J.D. Drake, and uh, pretty Peter Avalon. J.D. Drake. I was like, when I first saw that guy, he was walking <laughs> through the bowl, and I said, that guy looks like the most oldest school territorial brother you'll ever <laughs> yeah, see. Dude. And then the next week, he's on Dynamite, and then he's back again and again and again. Yep. I was like, who is this guy? Who is this dude? Uh, there was a time where I think maybe Tony like just likes seeing me in matches, doesn't know where I fit in yet, but you know, maybe, okay, let's try you tagging with Peter, or let's try you tagging with this J.D. guy, let's try you tagging whatever. And then the things kind of overlapped with him tr- with Peter and Caesar tagging so it was kind of like what is this a group or not a group mm-hmm. we're unclear what's happening and uh, I remember walking around Dynamite one day and, and three people said hey did you talk to Tony yet go talk to him and I was like alright so I knock on the door and he goes you're gonna be the wingman okay uh, Christian thought of this he thinks you guys look kind of funny together and it could be funny you'd be funny you know like th- you figure it out right and I was like all right, so I went back and I gathered everyone around. I said, all right, so we're the wingmen now. <laughs> they said, what does that mean? I'm like, you know, like when you go to a bar and help a guy meet a girl, we're just that, just all the time. And it's not really ever about women. It has not yet to be about that. But well, you guys are helping other people get women. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not one of you ever get the women. <laughs> no one ever gets it. So we've... Uh, it started out as us trying to make JD as sexy as the rest of us, you know, which I love that we think that we are of the course, sexy. Of yeah. course, P- Pretty Peter. Yeah, Pretty Peter. That. And we're having him, uh, like, trying on different clothes. And I, I went on Amazon and just ordered, like, what I thought were sexy shirts from, like, the early 2000s. <laughs> like, see-through things and, like, <laughs> yeah. a lot of see-through things, actually. And his actual reactions of me showing them, I'm like, do that on a camera because that was perfect. This looks like a fishing net. What is this? You know, Peter? Uh, JT. JT. Yeah. So <laughs> like a fishing net. And Peter Avalon has the funniest facial expression. I was hanging out with him last night, <laughs> yeah. and he was telling the story with this look on his face. I was like, dude, you got to stop. You're, you're killing me. This, you're making me laugh so hard. And he's just got this like, yeah. Like, Are you putting on a face? Like, no, I'm not putting That's on a face. That's just what I look like. Yeah. He's, uh, I knew him from LA the whole time I've been out there. Just, it's cool he's on my phone as norv fernum because when he was in impact he was norv fernum i thought that was the funniest name dude <laughs> norv that's that's something like dr tom used to write on the on the thing if it was, we didn't want it he didn't want anyone to know what the match was fernum durnum and snabitz favorites so yeah. i thought dude norv fernum, fernum is, is always the word <laughs> the, the fernum and the norv um last couple questions for you mm-hmm. what's your favorite match that you ever had and since we're talking about hollywood what's your favorite movie Oh man, the movie one is so hard. It changes for me so often. Let's start with Today, wrestling. Right, yeah. Um, Scrooged, favorite movie. Oh yeah, Bill Murray Scrooge. You could watch uh, every Christmas for sure. Definitely. I like planes, trains, and automobiles as well. Every Thanksgiving. I, tr- every I tried Christmas. to rewatch that a couple weeks ago. It got almost, and then we watched them else. Oh, not a, not a fan of the planes and trains. I was pushing for it hard, but my girlfriend, we she eventually wanted to watch something else, and I was just thinking, is she younger? Your girlfriend? A little bit younger, yeah. But it was her idea. Well, there you go. She said, I've never like seen this movie. before. And I said, it's great. I was trying to play it cool because if I come on too eager, then it's, not, it's like, well, what is? what do you want to watch? Oh, that's such a great story. So, um, yeah, I love the line when uh, when when Steve Martin punches uh, John Candy in the stomach. He goes, you could have killed me. Houdini died that way. <laughs> I still love that. We were actually going to use that when, uh, when Sammy quit the inner circle and he punches Max, uh, MJF, in the stomach. And then Max is going to say, who <laughs> did die this way? But we thought it was too funny. Too funny. Yeah. He did die that way. He did. That's right. I read that this time. punched in the stomach, basically, yeah. Damn. Um, Runner-up, Paddington 2. Paddington 2? Like Paddington the Bear? The Bear. Paddington 2, I watched on the way back from Australia, I think. And I thought, I just want to not think for not a couple hours. Let's just put this on. And I'm like on the plane, like teary-eyed, like 
laughing so hard so just love this little bear and then when he's having a bad time i'm like why is everyone so mean to him so so this better than paddington the original well i went back and then had to of course rewatch or just watch paddington the first time pretty good it's a pretty good movie but two is just so good man it's it's one of the rare like godfather two that's yeah. better than the original empire strikes back people and think paddington i'm crazy two. but i think ghostbusters 2 is better wow i have to say you're crazy on that in my opinion terminator 2 also better better dude yeah, better there's so something good. in terminator one but terminator 2 is the first kind of big budget oh cgi movie i watched that we I, uh she hadn't seen that so we watched that that's what we watched instead of playing trains on automobiles. okay yeah watch planes and trains around thanksgiving it's a yeah, seasonal movie it's, it's good it's a great movie seasonal um movie. that tiny little washcloth i remember <laughs> uh so favorite match it's it's been so far for a long time we did a tag match in nxt where it was me and maddox against my brother or no me and uh maddox against uh i'm sorry who's maddox it, who brad maddox and my brother against oh. me and trent Beretta. that's what it was, me and oh, trent okay jeez yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know trent was in nxt too oh yeah yeah so that was just such a fun match and it was a great i'd done like really small little things with him before wrestling but to have an actual main event house show nxt like go as long as you want and to have like all the giant house because of him of course and mm. to be in a hold and to like i have this instinct of like all right let's go to the next thing he's like just hang on listen to him and he's like calmly talking like oh this is how you wrestle. Your brother was saying that yeah he's oh, like that's cool just listen just listen you know and like very such so little was planned out and to have him go uh why don't you like fight out of this and give me a couple arm drags i don't know and i was like what okay <laughs> is this how this works great and it, it was just way better than any other the, the really planned out things we've been doing ever, you know. People are going crazy. And I know it's partly because they're here to see their big hero, Dolph, or the sure. big star. But also, this, you know, it's just relax. Yeah. It's a good time. They, it. Yeah. Like we said, now that we have our crowds back, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, but I had a singles match with Billy Gunn on the Indies that I thought was me. You mentioned that before. Let's, oh, let's finish off with yeah. this. Tell us about yeah. this match. We so he was one of my coaches in NXT. Oh, okay, and I just thought uh, there's something about him that really resonates with me for some reason. Where it's not about like ah the technical, you know, this move into that move. It's more like people like something or they hate it, and will be entertaining to them. And like yes. it's always like jived with me with him that kind of mindset. More of you know I'm I'm not a I'm not going to do a million moves. He even said <laughs> said that day he's like. Do we do before fifty? Who cares? Why? For what? Right. How about we just look at someone's eyes and go like this? You know. That's right. Yeah. And uh, we, I think I watched that on YouTube recently. Like eleven minutes go by, we still hadn't touched each other, and the people are just going absolutely nuts. And I kept thinking, dude, this guy's. This is so fun. This is the best. Yeah. And of course, there's like sentimental nostalgia about people like Billy Gunn who they grew up watching. Like I get that. But also, this is, I felt pretty cool. It's the real secret of wrestling. Yeah. You know, and that's what we're teaching a lot of our guys that came straight from the Indies on national mm -hmm. TV. And they're slowly, like, you're right, man. It's not about the move, it's about the reactions, which we didn't have for so long. Right. And now, when we're getting that back, it makes everything so much easier and so much better. They were chanting these ridiculous things and we were making eye contact and, like, had a hide that we were laughing at it. They, were, <laughs> they started, like, ironically chanting, four stars four stars <laughs> and we hadn't yet to lock up and we go to them and be like ah, i'm not ready to lock up <laughs> six stars and they got <laughs> somewhere and they got to 12 and we're like what should we just not wrestle then should we end it and eventually you had a match and it was fun but uh today we talked about it and i said i said like you should just we should i'd go to time and just hit the famous round me like that we shouldn't have had the match like scrap every anything you know? that's all you needed to do so maybe those two so far but many more to come plenty more to come yeah. man. well thank you for the uh, 12 star podcast <laughs> interview today thanks but, for having uh, me definitely heels great and I hope to see uh, more uh, directorial script writing producing from you in the future me too thank you very much wingman baby wingman